Hello awesome people and welcome back to the Good To Go pod. This is your host Joe Hall or Good To Go Joe and here we have season one episode five and we're gonna have a conversation today with Lindsay Baker. She is an illustrator, artist, musician, teacher, all-round amazing person. I'm so incredibly glad I've had the opportunity to meet her and she's agreed to come on and have a chat with me about art and how we can use art in our lives to help us, you know, foster our creativity and, uh, you know, how important it is for us. So without any further ado, thank you for listening. And here is my conversation with Lindsay Baker. Hello, awesome people. Welcome back to the Good To Go pod. Welcome back to a new year. It's January, episode number one for 2020. How exciting. Uh, I am sitting here in my little studio, not a recording studio, my workout studio, uh, with Lindsay Baker. So this month's conversation is going to take place today here, and we're going to talk about all things arty. Hi, Lindsay. Hey. How are you? I'm great. You're great. I love it. Uh, Well, we know your name's Lindsay, but you know, tell us about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah. uh, So Lindsay Baker here. I'm an artist, uh, an illustrator, maker, drawer, doodler, uh, songwriter, guitar player, mom, and teacher. Wow. Yeah. That's a long list of things. Yes. So <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> cool. Because uh, a lot, you know, a lot of our listeners come from the same community that you and I both live in. Yes. Which is this. I moved to Sweden for some crazy reason. Yes. Obviously, because we're in Stockholm, you're here. So I'm going to ask that question. Why are you here? Well, I am here because uh, my partner took a job in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. Um, we are both Americans, mm-hmm. and we have a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. So we weren't planning on doing this. Mm-hmm. But the opportunity presented itself, mm. and so we decided to take a leap of faith and see what happens when you transport your life to a new country. Wow. Yeah. Brave. New, new job, new everything. So, Is it yeah. paying off? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So for you, that's meant, <laughs> that's meant a transition from, or maybe a transition, maybe a better way of putting it as a transition into... Oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to ask this question. And obviously we've discussed this previously, so I've got a little back knowledge (laughs) here. When you were still in the States, you were working as a teacher. My last job was as a school administrator. School administrator. Yes. Okay, that sounds very filled with paperwork. Um, Lots of meetings, Mm. lots of um, business casual attire. Mm. And that, does that mean you're not allowed to wear jeans? Is that what oh, that means? no jeans. Oh, my God. No. no. Yeah, I so, wouldn't be very good at that at all. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was a wonderful job because I felt like I was able to help families and students and teachers um, grow. And that was really exciting for me because I've been a teacher for most of my career. Um but on the other hand, there was definitely a, a part of my creative self, that person that I wanted to be when I was four or five years old, that was just fading away very quickly. And so, um, yeah, it was hard. It was hard to balance that. I had sort of gotten on this track of being in education. Um, I love working with kids. I still mm. love working with kids. 
Um, but it, it, it maybe wasn't, um, exactly where I wanted to be, mm. even though I thought it was, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I, yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> I'll get you one day. I'll tell my whole okay. entire story. <laughs> One day you'll all hear my entire story if you haven't heard it already. Just a monologue. Um, you should do a monologue. Yeah, I will. That could be your well, podcast. One day. One day. Maybe <laughs> when I get stuck for a when, next time. Next time I can't find somebody to come right. on the podcast, I'll just <laughs> interview myself. Um, so then, yeah, sort of, so moving here is the opportunity to step back into that being what you wanted to be when you were little. You know, you know, when you look yes. back on what did yeah. you want to be when you grew up? And it's one of my favorite questions to ask people when they come in here for coaching and stuff. It's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they, you know, a lot of people look at me and go, well, I am a grown up. Well, you know, yes. So <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? What yeah. do you want to be when you grow up? I, I actually have documented evidence. When I was in first grade, my teacher had us collect a book about ourselves. Mm. And one of the pages was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wrote, I want to be a, a pop star mm. because I want to make people happy. Mm. And there's a picture of me singing. And <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you a picture of yeah. it. Yeah, we can put that up as the picture for the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. So um, being a pop star, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So that was what I wanted to be when I grew up. And then also, um, from a very young age, I wanted to be an artist. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So is that what you're doing now? I am more so than in a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So right now um, I, you know, do, do a couple different things, but I'm still teaching art, which is really exciting to be able to do that. Um, and then I have a studio mm -hmm. in Stockholm mm -hmm. and I'm working there mm -hmm. and yeah, just engaging in that studio practice. Wow. Yeah. What's so. it like? What's it like? To be an artist, this is like, it's, it's, for me, it's a really foreign concept to be <laughs> able to work as an artist. And I guess when I think about it, I kind, of, I kind of think, well, I guess there's, there's actually probably a lot of parallels in, in the way we operate because we don't have, in inverted commas, air quotes, a mainstream job. Mm -hmm. So you just got to kind of make things up as you go along. Yes. And tap into your creative self and, and, but then how do you... How do you make a living and how do you, <laughs> how do you just, oh, there's a whole other question. How do you justify to your family and friends who go, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, how do you, how do you I don't, say, well, I just haven't told them what I'm oh, doing. Okay. Cool. <laughs> nice, I like no, it. a little, a little bit. None they know of your business. <laughs> they know a little bit, but um, when I was younger, I was really sort of obsessed with the idea of being um, a fine artist, being a painter mm. in particular. Um, and was holding very tight to that idea of painting, um, and studied painting and, and was going down that path or up that path or mm -hmm. through that path. I don't know. Um, and what over time I've come to realize is that, uh, I love painting, mm. but more than that, I love making things for people to make them happy. It's kind of that same pop star thing mm -hmm. that <laughs> I had when I was six. It's like I really enjoy making people smile or laugh. You know, I'm not, uh, I would never try to do stand-up comedy or something like that, mm -hmm. but just to be able to make someone laugh or smile or feel a little bit better mm -hmm. is um, kind of where I'm at with it totally right now. You. So, yeah. It's kind of 
Yeah. Yeah. Totally hear you. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, there's a very satisfying feeling. Yeah, it, you know, it's something that I experience when, when I see people and they walk in here and they're like, ah, I don't want to do this. I'm like, no, you're doing it. And then they walk out of here a different person, you know. They're happy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I totally hear you. So... I think what what I want to get into, and what I, I mean, you've got some little things there. We'll get to oh, that. Oh, I've got notes. Yeah, no, I, I, I even took that. notes. God, now I'm feeling all. <laughs> what, what am I going to do if we don't get to your notes? <laughs> Feel free to lead lead the conversation in the direction you need it to go in. But I'm going to ask you this question um, because this kind of stuff fascinates me, and and I think it's awesome for other people to hear. The things that happen in your life that put you on the path that you're on. So, what mm-hmm. are the landmark ex- events that have? Def- ah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. It never works. And that's so not the right word to be putting in there. What are the landmark events that have happened in your life that have put you on this current path? Obviously, moving. Yes. Is one of them. Yeah. Uh, that's the most you know, recent one for sure. Yeah. yeah. What What else has happened? Um. So, yeah, I was thinking about that. Mm. Um, And the first thing that comes to mind is that when I was probably five, somewhere between five and seven, um, I had this uh, Eve Klein blue sweatsuit. Um, that's what we call it in the U.S. Yeah, with sorry. a what's a sweatsuit? Is it like a tracksuit? <laughs> yeah, sort of like a tracksuit. So like a jacket and pants that you it's exercise like, in. Jumper or something? No, not no, a jumper. That's a, a sweater, right? Yeah, this is a jumper. That's a jumper. Okay, no, like the the ones that you would like wear more. Like a onesie kind of thing. Uh, oh, let's see. Or is it like, a, like, you know what, a hoodie? Yeah, yeah. You know, a hoodie? Yeah. But without the zipper and the hood. Yeah, so it's just a jumper. Okay. A hoodie. A hoodie. We'll call it a hoodie. We'll call it a hoodie, but it had no hood. But a so suit this, implies pants. Yes, pants, matching okay. pants. Yes, okay. And yep. sweatshirt. Right, now we know what a sweatshirt yeah. is. And then the uh, the image on it was a, a Picasso painting. Okay, yep. And I feel like I put this outfit on and I was like, yes, this is me. That's I am an artist. <laughs> so there's, there's some pictures of me at this age that uh, I had some very creative style things going on like that. And also um, I had this shirt that said children are people too. Mm. Mm. That was a big, that was a big important sort of like, statement piece Mm. in my wardrobe and I feel like when I look back on those pictures that's like really channeling sort of my feelings at that age and and some idea I had of myself at that point in time Mm. which I think is still in there like Mm. I think that's still like who I am oh sorry oh that's all right turn that off sorry guys (laughs) whoa bad radio (laughs) I've got another one that's gonna go off in five minutes just let me turn my alarms off (laughs) Okay, we're good now. Flight All mode, right. Joe. Flight mode. Flight, Flight mode. mode. Right, we're good now. Back to Picasso sweatsuit okay. and yes. children of people too. Yes, yes. And so that formed this idea of, for you when you were a kid, that this is what you wanted to be when you grow up and that kind yeah. of stuff. But, yeah. you know, what else has happened? I want the, I want the big yeah. the big things where you, you, know, you sit there with your head in your hands going, what am I going to do with my life? And then suddenly something comes in and goes, boom, get back on this track, kiddo. This yeah. This is where you want to be. Yeah. So I, I, um, 
I have sort of an interesting decision-making process, or I, I have in, I in my life, where sometimes I just, like, wake up one day and I'm like, I, I need to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe makes no sense. Mm -hmm. um, so I, um, when I was, I think I was 22 at the time, and I woke up and I just said, I, I need to move to Los Angeles. Wow. And I, need, and I didn't want to be an actor. Yeah. But I, there were things, like I had some friends there who had just moved there who I'd been talking to about it, and um, I was reading uh, uh, Dave Eggers' book that was took place in San Francisco, so it doesn't really relate to L.A., mm -hmm. but somehow there were all these, like, California things mm -hmm. the universe was throwing my way, mm -hmm. and I just felt like, okay, I gotta do this, I just Wait, have this feeling. So my American geography really sucks, so California and Los Angeles... Wait, San Francisco... Yes. And Los Angeles are in California. They're both in California. Right. Yes, okay, thank yes. you. Yeah. No, okay. Um, and I was living on the East Coast. So I was living in Rhode Island. Okay. On the East Coast yeah. in like a, this, one of the smallest states, yeah. if not the smallest, yeah. um, in the U.S. And then, yeah, moving to one of the largest states okay. and one of the largest cities in okay. the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, moving to L.A. was... Uh, definitely changed me in a lot of ways mm. and really like has imprinted things in my brain and brought things out in me that I think if I hadn't lived there, I would be a different person. Like what? I don't know. Ah. It's like, it's the desert and the, and the sun and the, the light there. It's just. But really, it, like, I think it brought out more of that sort of, like, um, spiritual yeah. and... Your inner hippie. Yeah, nice. yeah. This sort of, like, um, connection to the earth. Because, honestly, mm -hmm. before that, my only connection to nature was that every summer I would go um, to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. which is a beach place on the East Coast. Okay. Um, it's where the pilgrims first landed okay. in North America. Ye olde, ye olde America. Yeah. yeah, and it's it was the place that I went every summer. And um, so when I thought of nature, I just thought of the beach and, and this okay. beautiful place. I mean, Cape Cod is amazing. It's, it's incredible. But then it was like in my real life, my school year life, mm. um, I lived in suburbia and there just wasn't much connection to the natural world. Mm. And when I moved to LA, all of a sudden I became just in awe of the planet Earth and, mm -hmm. you know, just really, I don't know, it sort of expanded the way I thought about things and my openness to new ideas and new people. And ultimately I left LA, I'd lived there for about five years, but, um, but I find that I'm still connected to it and mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Mm. So, you miss yeah. it? I do. I, I do and I don't. There was like this, um, there was, there's a loneliness mm. in LA that's like very interesting. I don't know if I went back there now, if I would feel the same way, but, mm. um, there's something like, 
I don't know. I have sort of funny explanations for things sometimes, but like the vastness of the Pacific. No judgment, man. <laughs> just your deal is your deal. You yeah, know? yeah. No, the vastness of the Pacific somehow made this made me feel this like existential loneliness. It wasn't like a person. Like I had lots of friends and had yeah, lots of social you know, connections. All artists but... must have that existential loneliness. Yeah. Otherwise, where does your heartbreak <laughs> come from, or something? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know. So yeah, but it was a great. There were a lot of, there were actually a lot of experiences in LA that have redirected a bit my, my artistic goals. Mm -hmm. Because I think when I was in university, my goals continued to be to be um, what uh, we called back in the... Back in the good old... Early 2000s, late 90s. Back before the dinosaurs. Yeah. (laughs) The fine arts. So, because uh, I've written down here, this is the second time you've used this word, fine arts. Yeah. Uh, for those of us who are uneducated, what does fine arts mean? So, the fine arts are painting, sculpture, drawing, printmaking, um, and basically anything that's not a craft. So there's a bit of a distinction in like art schools, at least in the U.S., between these fine arts and then crafts. And so is craft like the opposite of fine arts? It's not. It's not. In my brain, it's not the opposite of fine art. Um, However, there was a very clear distinction um, a few decades back that there, there, they were two different, two separate things. Okay. and so my my sort of like struggle, I guess, with all of this has been that I am very connected to and attracted to both sides of that. Mm. And when I started looking at it more holistically, not as fine art and low art, mm. <laughs> no, <laughs> fine art and craft or high art and low art or whatever you want to call Handicraft. it. Handicraft. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um then I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to, like, where I want to be operating, Mm. somewhere between that. Um, So one one very uh, illustrative story for this whole example is um, when I was living in Los Angeles, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do to make some money. Mm. And um, I I got a position to be someone's personal assistant in their... Uh, Beverly Hills, you know, estate overlooking the city, and it was. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> this is wow. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, wait, because the picture I'm drawing in my head right yes. now is yes. like you know some fancy estate looking out over the water or something like yes. that with the yes. big drive around the corner and the yeah. car and the gate and the and somebody's making a basquillion dollars a year. Yeah, it wasn't a. Paying, it wasn't a gate. Okay, but, no, yeah, but everything else, yes. Maybe there was a gate. I forget. <laughs> I, forget. I don't remember the code to the gate. But this person owned a production company. Okay. And they had hired someone. There was someone already working there who was mm-hmm. leaving the position. Mm-hmm. And she, like, trained me for a day. And then I came back the next day. And um, I was doing, you know, filing, like, papers. I mean, it was very... Mm boring, simple work, had nothing to do with my interests. Mm. But um, the woman who was my boss brought me into her house and she was trying to get my opinion 
on which pillows she should buy for her couch. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, then that's uh, your job as a PA. Whatever. Wow. But I'm like, you know, okay, sure, yeah, I think these would be good or whatever. And then I look over and I see she has a painting by one of my favorite painters, Elizabeth Payton. And, um, and so I say to the woman, oh, my God, you have an Elizabeth Payton. Like, she's like, why do you like that? <gasps> and did your heart break? My heart apartment? broke because here Elizabeth Payton has made this creation. Mm. Presumably because she's, you know, needs to make these creations in order to, like, fulfill her being. Mm. And the person who could afford to buy it was someone who couldn't give, can I say shits? Uh, well, <laughs> no. we are a clean language okay, podcast, okay, okay. So, but I think we can get away with that. Okay. <laughs> well, she, she could care less yeah. what she has on her wall, yeah. right? So... Um, to me, that was really depressing. Yeah. And it really turned me off from the wow. fine arts because basically, as a fine artist, your work is either going to be purchased by someone like that mm. or it's going to be in a collection at a museum, which is awesome, super mm. cool. Um, you know, I would be elated if my work was in some collection or if someone bought it who was really excited about it. Mm. But the fact that the way the art world works, the high art, fine art world works, is that, you know, people are buying these things who really are seeing them as investments mm. instead of as things they're passionate about. So appreciating it for, yeah. um, for the message that's being given or the, or the work that's gone into it or, or you know, yeah. the story that's being told by the artist. Yeah. So that was, wow. that was a little bit... Um, my disillusionment began there. Mm, yeah, <laughs> fair continued enough. on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and now I hate the world. No. 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 Wow. Yeah. God, so, what an experience. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's just... It's running... Like, that whole scene is just running around in my head. It's just like... Yeah, that's something that just... That's, it's so far removed from my life. Yeah. But people live like that. They do. You know? They do. Anyway, it's very, it's, LA is a fascinating place and it's really fun, especially when you're not involved in the, um, in the movie industry, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. all the other aspects of cultural life there are then so tight knit and small that, um, you know, when I would go to art openings, I would see famous artists like John Baldessari and Larry Pittman and all these super like well-known players in the art world, um, Catherine Opie, all these people. And it's like, how awesome is this that I'm at an opening with these people that, you know, I studied in school mm. and no one in LA cares about this because mm. Mm. <laughs> or only like, you know, you 15 people, people in LA care. Yeah. Um, and I think that was something that was very exciting to me, that, that close knit community. Um, not that I was ever, you know, in conversation with these people or, you know, collaborating with them, but just that, um, that, that world is quite small mm-hmm. and there's, uh, there's a bit of like getting to see behind that, mm-hmm. you know, the photos in the art forum, you know, you get to actually like see the people and they're still going to shows, like mm-hmm. they're still going out to the galleries and museums and, and engaging with what's going on. Cool. So that's, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and when I moved to New York, you know, it's, um, it's definitely like a much bigger scene there and there are a yep. lot more people that care. 
So there are a lot more eyes on everything that's going on there. So when did you move from L.A. to New York? 2008. How old were you? 29. So you were 22 when you moved to L.A.? Yes. Was it L.A.? Yeah, it was it? Yes. So, okay, so you've got seven years in L.A., and then you yeah. venture off to New York? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What happened there to put you on this path? Or to remind you that you're supposed to be on this path? Yeah, well, a lot of things happened. Um, first of all, I started playing music again. Mm. So I I played in bands in you're college. In a rock band? Yeah, yeah. So I um, I started playing with uh, friends that I had been playing with in college mm-hmm. when I moved to New York. And again, it was like that dim light going out of the pop star. Mm. <laughs> all of a sudden... You know, I was able to, like, live out those dreams a little bit more, which was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, certainly wasn't, like, pop star status, but just getting to play shows and yep. and writing songs and all of that was, like, super important and pivotal for me. And then um, when I first moved to New York, I had been teaching in Los Angeles at this awesome school. Um, and they uh, distribute the pay over 12 months. So basically I had sort of like a grant from my school that I'd been working at and I could survive for, um, you know, the summer without working. And this was right before everything crashed. Okay. (laughs) So I was able to play music and uh, I got an art studio there and I started working one day a week at a comic book store. Mm. And it's not like a Superman superhero comic book store, but mm. more uh, art comic zines, okay. um, graphic novels, things like that, yeah. um, called Desert Island in Brooklyn. It's an amazing place. And um, yeah, and I started working there and wow, that was, that was like, yes, this is what I like because oh. we had, uh, we stocked, you know, prints by illustrators or comic book artists or just sort of like crazy people <laughs> or people who are making zines and um, and it was accessible to everyone. You know, mm. it's like 20 bucks and you can have your own print by mm. Matt Brinkman or, you know, Brian Chippendale or whatever. And it's you can buy a T-shirt by, you know, one of your favorite comic book artists and everyone can have a piece of that Mm. or you can buy a book Mm. and um just the fact that like everyone could own it or anyone could own it within reason Mm. um was really exciting to me and I knew I didn't know exactly how that would work with what I had been previously working on because I'd always sort of been operating in this more fine art mode but it <laughs> I have to I have to do air quotes every time I say it fine art. it's such a horrible like myth it's so weird anyway well, um <laughs> but uh yeah but then I got really excited about you know just reconnecting with the art that was so important to me that I never was recognizing as art like children's book illustrations and the yeah. graphic novels I grew up reading and um, and comics I grew up reading, um, this all of a sudden reminded me that, like, it doesn't have to be a eight-foot-by-eight-foot eight canvas with oil paint to be yeah. art. Yeah. So that got me excited. Because when I left L.A., awesome. I had thrown out, like, all of my canvases. Like, everything cool. was just in the dumpster. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's... I... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> I pretty much did the same when I moved here. Yeah. Sometimes um, it's good, though. Well, yes and no, you know? Like, you, but I, I had, had a couple of pieces that I'd made, and it was just like, yeah, I really wish I bought that with me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. There are always a few, right, that yeah. you're like, oh, if only I could look at that now, but... Yeah. Yeah. But I guess it's a memory for a reason. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, my next question that I've got written here, and I think, yes. uh, you know, we've sort of already covered it, but I... You know, the question is, how important is art in your life because you know we sort of we've talked about the definition of art but how important is it like obviously you can't live without it yeah yeah I mean I can't I can't live without it I can't live without it I can't live without being creative um and by being creative I don't mean any particular sort of creativity just like making stuff like making Mm. stuff is super important to who I am and I'm not but I'm not someone who's like um I I don't have a lot of like the craft skills that Mm. some people do like I couldn't build you something functional (laughs) (laughs) but I like I I love making things and Mm. I love trying to make things even if they're complete failures so that process of making um, is incredibly important. And one of the things that happened before we moved, um, when I was a school administrator is that, um, two, actually two things happened. I went into, I was living in New Jersey at the time and I was going into New York city to take some printmaking classes. Mm -hmm. And so part of like that reinvigoration of like that spirit of making was taking those classes, um, and being around other people who were creating. And then the other piece was that, our art teacher went on maternity leave mm. for a short period of time and we couldn't find a suitable substitute. So I started covering the art classes. Cool. And when I did that... Oh, look, art and teaching, all in the one space. Yes, yes. <laughs> when I was doing that, um, I realized that those were my happy times. As chaotic and crazy as they were in, at moments, mm. those were really joyful moments in my day mm. and that I missed connecting with students around making. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, art's, art's essential <laughs> for me. Yeah. Essential. I, I, I hear you. It's a bit like punching people is essential for me. Yeah, there you go. Consensually. <laughs> I only do it with consent, right? With consent. I don't just, you know, martial arts training, for those of you who don't know, always with consent. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the, the the burning questions in my head, uh, particularly, and I, if I read the question out that I've written to you, is on the back of the whole adult coloring book thing mm-hmm. from a few years ago. I want to talk about why that was so huge, and what is the next level, like, you know. And I think the for me when I saw the coloring book thing, the the big push was it for people to get. Uh, you know, it was like a mindfulness thing to sort of get out of the busy, busy thing of, of the day and just get back into breathing and doing something calm or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. What was, what and what is, is it still huge? I don't know. But uh, what was it all about? What is it all about? And what's the next step? If you've been doing your coloring books and you're wanting to take yourself a bit further, what can we do? Sure, sure. That's a big um, question. Yeah, yeah. Well, Off the... <laughs> 
Um, the coloring book thing is interesting because um, being a bit of a snob, I sort of look down upon it, you know. Oh. But there's a lot of research. Well, because to me, it it doesn't feel that creative, right? It's like, here's a picture that's already drawn for you, and all you're doing is coloring in the spaces. But I have readjusted my thinking (laughs) about it, because it has actually scientifically been proven Mm. to to help calm the nervous system. Um, and I think there is something about the state of flow that people enter when they're being creative yep. that is incredibly, um, incredibly helpful, both for physical and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's research behind it. I even sent you some articles <laughs> that you can share with your we listening public. We will put <laughs> links in the show notes. Don't you worry. Yeah. Um, about the ways in which, um, even things as simple as, you know, the coloring books or whatever, any, any level, it doesn't matter if you've, you know, studied art or not studied art. It doesn't matter what materials you're using. Any of, um, any creative practice is going to, um, improve your health. Mm. Mm. It's just science people. people. I don't, I don't know anything about science, quite (laughs) honestly. I read it in articles that are from very reliable sources. Cool. Yes. And, you know, it is, I think, uh, for me, as somebody who practices meditation, uh, the whole coloring book thing is is a, a step towards meditation. Yes. If you can't meditate, go color in a coloring book for five minutes and yeah. see what that does for you and your, your possibly your overwhelmed state or, or yes. you know, just to settle down the neurons. A little and bit. what I will say is that um, one practice, like you were talking about, what's the next step? Mm. Um, from the coloring books Um, constraints such as a coloring book like where you have a particular shape to color in constraints Mm. are really helpful for creativity okay so if you yeah pull that apart constraints Constraints. so you think oh creativity is so free I instantly go don't put me in your box man no No, but you you make up your constraints or Mm -hmm. you give someone constraints Mm. um it can be as simple as, okay, you know, look at your box of colored pencils or crayons or paint or whatever, and you choose to work in only two colors mm. or three colors cool. or only one color. Yeah. You know, just yep. just try a monochrome painting of or self-portrait or monochrome, you know, design, whatever yep. it is. When you limit yourself, you actually are forced to be more creative. Wow. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. I'm just, I've got to write that down. Keep talking. <laughs> okay. so the um for example the band i was in Mm -hmm. there were three of us and it was a rock band Mm -hmm. normally a rock band is drums guitar and bass Mm -hmm. we were two guitars and drums cool so instead of lamenting not not having a bass player or having someone switch instruments we thought about okay how can we you know still make really great sounding music under these constraints. Yeah. Because I realize this isn't a rock song, but it's all about the bass. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And then <laughs> the, uh, the other thing is... You <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, 
the other thing. I'm going to laugh about that all day now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Joe is cracking what? herself <laughs> up here. I'll just keep talking to you people. Ignore Joe. <laughs> stop being amused by my own bad jokes. <laughs> um, but uh, the other thing you can do is just like limiting yourself yep. time-wise. Okay. So make 10 drawings in 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Or I think... When I first moved here and like none of my art supplies were here and, you know, we had just moved so we had no money. I was like, okay, I'm going to make, Ramona had, my daughter had some of her, you know, art supplies around and I just got 10 pieces of paper and I'm like, I'm going to do 10 paintings with her flying tiger watercolors, you know, nothing mm -hmm. fancy. Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually really fruitful, you know, just yep. to, to push yourself. And some of them are bad, you know, some of them are better. None of them are great, but... It was an exercise in pushing myself hmm. to, to make something out of nothing, yeah. you know? So that's, that feeling of making something out of nothing is, I think, what, um, what feels so good. Yeah. The endorphins, like... Really? Yeah. Wow. It says okay. it in the articles, in the science okay. article. Okay, I didn't, I didn't do the science. Yeah. God, so you, I can get an endorphin rush, a chemical reaction in my body... From creating something within a constrained environment. Yeah. Or, I mean, even without or, constraints. You know, just by setting but, rules. Yes. But, yeah. you know, by, by sitting down and going, or, or, and, like, is that just linked to the satisfaction of achieving the challenge, or? I guess. You don't know, right? I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really limited. <laughs> we'll, we'll contact the scientists about this and ask them. But that's, that's. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And um, oh, I feel challenged now. I want to go and do this. I, I need to. It keeps yes. popping up. This friend of mine. because oh. And it's interesting that you say this. People, I'm just pulling my phone out so I can open Instagram. <laughs> now, this friend of mine. Now, her. Her. I don't know. Is it pen name or yeah. artist name or whatever you call it? Yeah. I won't give out her real name because she has an artist name on Instagram. So, we'll do that. Is... Reslin, I don't even know how to say that. Agil, Agil, uh, anyway, this is my friend, Reslin, mm -hmm. <laughs> and she started this account by by joining a challenge, mm -hmm. right? It was a challenge yeah. like uh, at the end of last year, and you do mm -hmm. a, a picture a day and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I look at this and I go, that's amazing. Yeah. How is it? How do you? How do you even learn how to like? I don't. I it's. I get speechless over somebody's <laughs> ability to do these things. I mean, you know, I've seen your stuff. I get speechless over over your ability to do things. How do I, as a grown up who's never actually had the belief that I could be an artistic person, learn to be artistic <laughs> or creative it's or learn to draw pictures? Yeah, no, it's, you know. I mean, probably the most, one of the most overquoted <laughs> um, comments about creativity is, you know, Picasso's, I, why am I talking about Picasso yeah, so much? I'm not even a Picasso, Picasso guy, I'm Come on. gal, whatever. Let's not talk about Picasso. However, he did say that every child is an artist, it's just you know, most of us don't remain in that mm. artistic state, mm. which is absolutely true. When you see, when you walk into a preschool, every kid in there yep. is an artist, believes they're an artist, and makes whatever they want to make, right? There's yep. no, 
There's no like um, censoring oneself. There's no self-consciousness about what they're creating. Um, we all start out as artists. Yep. And developing your skills in terms of like um, representational drawing, so something that looks like what you are looking at, um, is just simply a skill. Yeah. Um, it's almost less about creativity than it is about developing your ability, your connection between your eye and your hand. Okay. And um, it's very much like a skill that just needs to be practiced, mm. just like doing squats or whatever mm. those things mm. you make me do are. <laughs> um, so you just, you know, repeat repeat that. And I, I say this to my students all the time and they like look at me like I have three eyes, but um, drawing is all about your eyes. Technically you do, but anyway. <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah, of course. My third eye, of course. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> but no, like three Sorry, actual I'm monster not, I'm eyes. Okay, no, I'm just. You are just. Ass. Sorry. Full of jokes I today. Know. Well, technically, you do. I do. I'm not the do. only person out there thinking that. No, I, I agree. I agree. I look at my third eye. But anyway, so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's, it's drawing is all about your... So it's practice. Your eyes Training. and practice and skill. And, and then it's what you do with that. Yeah. Because, honestly, like, there are lots of really boring... Like, if you go to any thrift store, mm. you'll go into their section with all the paintings. Mm. And there are lots of still life paintings of objects. And they look... You know, a lot of them actually look pretty mm. well represented. Mm. That's pretty boring yeah right yeah yeah. now unless you make it your thing like mirandi this painter mm. who all he did was paint bottles his okay. whole career just, just painted bottles. painting bottles almost always in monochrome yep um and it, it got he he got so into just that process of of looking and seeing and this this whole meditation on the bottles that it became his life's work and he's just one of the most amazing painters mm. Ever, but it's not because the bottles are like so realistic. It's mm. it's that sort of, um, it's it's something more. It transcends the bottles. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no, no, I get it. But yeah, but if you an, another um, great way to boost creativity mm. is to copy or to mimic people that you admire. Yep. So um, straight up copying a painting that you think is really awesome is going to teach you more about whatever medium you're working in than. Mm going to a class, watching a YouTube video, mm. just look at what this other person has done mm. and you try to make it and you're going to encounter a lot of the problems that that person probably encountered or you're going to encounter new challenges to your art making or writing or whatever it is that you're, you're doing. Mm. And as you solve those problems, as you address those challenges, you build your own skills. Mm. Um, it's very hard to... Teach people how to draw mm. and paint. Mm. It's a lot about. I mean, it's it's pop, right like Bob Ross. You can watch all these videos. Like, there's so many, so many uh, approaches. People, if you don't know who Bob <laughs> Ross is, go Google Bob Ross right now. We'll wait for you. Okay, or pause the podcast. Go Google Bob Ross, and then, and then come, come back. back. <laughs> but. uh because even I know who Bob Ross is. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun. Yes, Bob Ross is great. But, you know, you learn so much more by doing it yourself. Yep. yep. So even if you're just copying something, 
you're going to learn that you've got to do it's a doing thing yeah Yeah. it's an active process yeah we're gonna pause right now yes yes and we're back thank you people I realise you don't understand what just happened but we had a slight garbage issue and you may you may not hear the garbage people (sighs) throwing stuff uh, in the background I apologise we are however a little bit more echoey even though we tried to fix that but you know that's what happens when you do live podcasts. Well, not live podcasts. You know what I mean. Anyway, where were we? We were talking about We were talking about... Yeah, and then we were talking about copying or mimicking yes. um, other art or artists that you like. Yeah. And no matter how much you're copying or mimicking someone else, there's always going to be some part of you in there. Yep, yep. Um, so when I was more actively writing songs I would write a song and I'd be like this sounds exactly like this other band like this is totally like a ripoff of this other band and then I'd play it and it wouldn't at all sound like that to anybody else yeah but in my mind I thought oh this sounds exactly like you know this other yeah artist and um it's amazing how processing other art through your own brain and your own filters makes it come out as your own yeah so everyone's influenced totally by someone, it. you know? Yeah, I totally get it. And, you know, it's, it's actually the same process in everything that I do, and particularly with the martial arts. You know, I see the way I do things, and in my head, it's the same way my instructor used to do them. And then I watch myself on video, and I go, no, it's nothing like that. <laughs> but, but, you know, and then I say to my students, you know, you do you. This is your, it's your body, it's your time. You get to make your version of what it is that we're doing. This is the way I'm doing it. Don't try and be me, you be you. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, but this is the way it should be done. But through your filter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It's, yeah. And it, I think... It's, it's such a, having this conversation is such an interesting process because what you're doing right now is just giving me and the people, everybody around us, permission to just go play. Yes, yeah? yes, play is, oh, play is the most important thing. Yeah. Why is play the most important thing? Um, play is the ultimate teacher. Mm-hmm. It's being used by every tech company as the way to, you know, test and understand new developments in technology. Really? It's absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like play is so essential to being a human. Mm. So, um, it is my, my great hope that, uh, that I'm keeping playfulness in my art because I think for me, I lost a bit of the playfulness at some point mm. and now I'm really trying to get that back and care less about like, you know, is it exactly like what I had hoped it would be and not think so much about like critiquing myself or um, like analyzing too mm. much, but just making and working through and getting better through the process of doing yeah. and so, creating. I'm ask you yeah. a big question. Yeah. Um, how do you... Mm-hmm silence the inner critic because and this is a 
big question for everybody, not just in art making, but in yeah. life. Yes. And everything that we do in life. <laughs> yeah, what what do you do to help silence the inner critic so you can actually just sort of get back into that in the inverted commas flow state and just be okay with what you're doing? Um, lots of drugs and alcohol. No, <laughs> totally kidding. None. Spoken like a true artist. <laughs> None We're at kidding, all. We're no. kidding. We are kidding to be clear. She is totally joking. Totally joking. Well, so I am a very social person. Mm-hmm. And one of my challenges in being an artist is that, you know, you're supposed to go to your studio and be alone with your with your own creativity. Well, that doesn't work for me. So I share a studio space with someone and we are often there together. Actually, I share it with two people and we're often there together, but we're both doing our own thing. Like Mm. we're not interacting in any way except that we're both in this flow state in the same space. Mm. And it actually helps me a lot to have other people involved in Mm. my practice. Or like when you had me work on um, the Safe Kids Project, Mm. to have someone else even though you weren't sitting with me, mm. you were involved in my process. And for me, um, that's really helpful. Mm. Now, my partner is an introvert. Mm. And so for him, being alone and having time and space with no one else around, that's how he can enter a flow state. But for me, mm. I, I need to have some sort of interaction with, mm. with people. Um, so, but, it, but I also need... Um, you know, again, to enter the flow state, it does have to be a bit quiet and, and, Mm. um, a bit introspective, Mm. but at the same time, I like people around. Yep. Keeps me grounded somehow. Totally hear you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I also, I listen to music because, um, and I will listen to the same thing over and over and over again. It's Mm. not like the same kind of listening I would do if I was like, Oh, I want to check out this new band. And like, I want to dance to this. It's a totally different way of listening to music. And when I lived in LA, what I would do when I was making art is I would turn on um, a radio station that was all in Spanish. Mm. Um, and I would, and I, I speak a little bit of Spanish, but I'm not mm. fluent. So to have on music that I couldn't fully understand, mm. um, like the lyrics, really helped me to enter a flow state because it provides like rhythm mm. and it provides a bit of like, um, quieting of inner critical voices. Mm. Um, there's a little something to focus on, but at the same time you can stay connected to like your making. Mm. I think a lot of creativity is nonverbal. So I also, um, feel like it's very tricky to talk about it sometimes because it's such a like experiential Mm. based thing. But and that was an awesome thing to talk about. But I'm going to jump on you because you never actually answered my question. Oh, I How didn't. do you silence your inner critic? How do I silence my inner critic? Um, this has been a challenge mm. for me. Because, and I mean, obviously there was, there was an answer there, which was you get into the flow state. Yes, yes. And, and for anybody who has been in flow state, you know, we all know that, that time slows down and, you know, you're completely immersed and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But getting there yes. for a lot of yeah. us means jumping over that hurdle of having that part of your brain that goes, you suck at this. What do you yeah. think you're doing? Yeah. Hmm. What do I do to get past that? Well, I've just sort of, honestly, for me, it's been getting older. Mm-hmm. and being like, my lifetime is running out. I need to do this. <laughs> 
And also caring less about what other people think. Yeah. So we could just call that maturity. Maturity. You know. Very mature. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You can still be mature and in touch with your inner child at the same time. Yeah. Actually, it's quite good for you and me and everybody. It is really good. It's really good. And honestly, the, the whole like, you're, you don't be creative for anyone else but yourself. Mm. I mean, it's too painful. To, <laughs> it's too hard. Okay, but then, but then what do you do with that? Because, you know, you have done, like I've, I've engaged you to, do, to work on this project with me. So that's you do, being creative for a job, like yes. for somebody else. Yeah. How do you, you know, when, obviously, and, you know, I sort of feel like we're talking about two different things here, which is yeah. when we talk about as individuals using creativity as a, as a space for mindfulness or mm-hmm. ment- mental break I want to say mental breakdown but in a positive way right 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 <laughs> mental like restoration space, space or, yeah yes. restoration yeah. space yeah. creation not breakdown. Yeah. yeah um but then how do you how do you separate that when you've when you've got to do a job you know what I mean right. like can you still you know I, mm-hmm. well I view the job as like the constraints mm-hmm. yeah so okay. then okay. within the the constraints that someone else has given to me, um, I feel like I can be creative because I know my limitations. Mm. It's like with kids. Mm. They need structure. They need, they need to know where the boundaries are. Yeah. And then they thrive. If yeah. kids have no boundaries and no rules, they're often very dysregulated because they don't, yep. they, they just don't understand like, yep their space you know it's yeah. so hard so and they're they're taking in all the information as opposed to yeah these bits of information yeah, yeah. so the so i don't i i like assignments or you know mm. projects to work on with other people also it it shifts my creativity because all of us have our certain habits and patterns right mm. so i've been making art basically my whole life so there are certain things i'm always going to do yep if I draw a sun, I'm going to put sunglasses on it. That's just what I do. But if you tell me you need a sun without sunglasses, then I have to think, well, what does the sun's eyes look like? And what color are they? And, like, does it have a bow tie? I don't know. So you sort of have to, like, you have to um, take into account this other person's perspective yep. or what they need or what you're trying to communicate, who your audience is maybe, and then adjust from there. And to me, that's, that's increasing your creativity. It's not limiting it. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, there are also projects where you might have such a constricted, uh, such a limited, you know, um, range of what you're creating that mm. it's not very inspiring. But I always try mm. to look at mm. these as opportunities to flex my creativity is yeah. that <laughs> no, no, absolutely and it totally makes sense and you you've actually just like I'm sitting here listening to this going wow it's it's given me a whole new reframe on um, on the term constraint yeah. <laughs> or or <laughs> not yeah on, on constraints or, or when people go you know this has to be this it's like okay so then you know, for this to work, then I have to be more creative and we're going to, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm feeling quite inspired by it. Actually, it's, cool. it's been yeah. a really good reframe on, on those terms. Nice. Nice, nice. Um, so my next question, and we sort of already really talked about it, mm-hmm. but what does being creative do for us? Like, you know, especially as grown-ups, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, and you've spoken about it already. I've experienced it as well. When, you know, we, we sort of, we get stuck in the rat race. Mm-hmm. You know, life becomes get up, go to work, go home, feed the kids, yell at everybody, <laughs> <laughs> make sure they're brushing their teeth, yeah. have a breakdown, go to bed, right. get up, <laughs> do, do <laughs> make breakfast, drink coffee, <laughs> yell at the kids, brush your teeth, go to school, go to work, <laughs> rat race. Right. And mm-hmm. how does being, taking time out to tap into our creativity help us with that? Uh, there are so many ways, and it's funny when you read an article like some of the ones I found to share with you because there are things that I think I realized on a subconscious level, but then you see like, whoa, science has proven that? That's crazy. <laughs> but there, it's uh, one of the one of the um, areas. So can I just, oh, yeah, can yeah, I just yeah, quote sorry. these articles? We've sure. Science-backed reasons to make art from the Business Insider. Mm-hmm. KQED mind shift article. Yes. Uh, those are those are the two articles yep. that have a lot of um, connections to research and recent science coming out about creativity. Yep. Um, some of it's through the lens of art therapy. Yep. And how it can help with various you know mental struggles. Um, I think um, one of the first things in that KQED article is about. Um, how being creative can help you uh, envision a more hopeful future. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting thing because (laughs) I thought I was just doing that. (laughs) And then you're like, no, this is what creating something is all about because you get to make it what you think it should be and what you hope it could be. And I went and after I read that, I went and looked at some of the drawings I was making when we were moving Hmm. and I was... So I didn't realize this, but I was in this state of processing my move and my experience as an expat um, who had moved for my partner's job, not for my job, and had now been sort of um, taken back to zero, Mm. right? (laughs) I had this sort of like, I I had this sort of sense that I was building to something or some sort of career thing in the U.S., in my home country, and then moving here, it was like, no, you are just you. You're back to zero now. Yeah, you're just you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I had this, we could have talked about this, but I had, and this is the second time this has come up for me, so I'm going to talk about it. Uh, I had this moment where, just before I moved, you know, I'd made the decision to move, blah, blah, long story short, I was working part-time for this uh, woman, and she, you know, we were talking about the move and she goes, you, you look terrified. And I'm like, well, I just, for the first time in a really long time, I sort of feel like I could just do anything. Yeah. It's terrifying, right? No constraints. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. No but it's, you know, and, and, and I mean, and she was like, wow, that's amazing. I'm like, it is because, you know, it, it, it was terror, but it was also hope and, and excitement. And it was more excitement than terror, to be honest, uh, because I had this opportunity to just rebuild myself. Yeah. Start from scratch. Yeah. You know. Right. And I've, I'm, I, I still have my own constraints because when I wanted, when I grew up, I wanted to teach martial arts, be a personal trainer, a massage therapist, and a coach, and here I am doing those Yay, things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that I'm a very different version of myself than what I was in Australia. Mm. So, you know, constraints, but not yeah. opportunity to rebuild. But we got off topic. Um, oh, no, but that's... <laughs> but, um, you know, but talking about creativity and what it does, I guess, but well, it's not really off topic. Yeah. You know, when we come into a space of creativity, we come into that, that blank page. Mm-hmm. And you get to do whatever. Yeah. That's kind of overwhelming. It is. It's very overwhelming. Yeah. But, um, but the idea that, you know, art can be a way to process those feelings, mm. that terror. Mm. I, I made this drawing when, um, when we first were moving and we were, you know, on planes or, uh, didn't have all my art supplies and stuff like that. I was doing a lot of sketching on my phone mm. and I made this drawing of like a turtle on its back, <laughs> but in this sort of pool, like it was supposed to be, you know, just like kicking back. Cause in a way, you know, here I am, I had this really intense job and now I have no job. All I have to do is take care of my kid, you know? And so, um, and I wrote on it trying to relax. And that's what I felt like this turtle oh, that was like, oh, I'm yeah. at the beach. Uh, you know, I'm try- I'm trying, but I can't relax because I'm a turtle. But I know from this position I can't down. get over. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, and then I found all these other drawings that I'd done that I never, that one I actually posted to my Instagram, but most of them I never posted because they're sort of sad. It's like, it's like a picture of a baby bird being like, I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> and this one, it like very far off my game. And I was like, yeah, that, that is really how I felt Mm. until I thought about my game very differently, you Mm. know? And, and now, um, it's still hard, but it, it's not as terrifying. Mm. It's just, it feels a lot more like opportunities, but I was able to process that through these drawings, you know? And some, that was another thing in the article. It was talking about how art therapy can be a way to see a reflection of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like what Mm -hmm. is it that you choose to draw when you, no one's looking and you can draw whatever you want. And what does that tell you about where you're at? And can you, um, you know, is that where you want to be or, Mm -hmm. and and where do you go from there? And you can work a lot of that out through Mm -hmm. artistic practices. So, yeah. Yeah. And they were talking also, it was very interesting. The more tactile, the process you're using, the more it's beneficial in that way. Yeah. So clay, ceramics, things like that are even more helpful than just drawing. Yeah. Um, and I find I, I completely connected with that as well, because the more I have to like get outside of my head when I'm creating, whether it be collaborating with someone else or there's more process to it. Like I have to think about the steps that I'm going to go through in order to like create the thing mm. um, in a way that takes me outside of my head and this idea that like, this is my mark and this is my hand and oh, what does it mean? And <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> ta- ta- tactile yep. uh, endeavors, collaboration. I think all of that's a great way to get outside of yeah. your, own, your own limiting thoughts. Limiting thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, but the other thing I was going to say, you were talking about like the routine, the daily grind, the rat race, all Mm -hmm. of that. So um, routine, I think, keeps us, it's it's a positive constraint Mm. in many ways. Mm. Obviously, it can get um, a bit dull or, you know, difficult 
if it's not doing things that you love and it's not a good routine for you. Yeah. However, one cool thing that you can do to increase your creativity is just do something like keep your routines, but then every once in a while s- switch it up. Yeah. So walk a different way to work yeah. that like actually changes your brain, you know, mm-hmm. um, or take a different route. The science is in on this one too, people. Yes. I use this all the time in the studio, teaching you exercises, making you smarter. Thanks. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. You can you can change your brain by just doing something that's in your normal routine in a different way. Or, yeah. Um, so I think that's another another good one. But um, I I brought two books with me. Mm-hmm. Should I talk about those? Yes. Talk about your books. Okay. So. I am not paid by any sponsors, by the way. It's just things that have helped me. In the future, we're going to be open to being paid by sponsors, okay. right? In the future, I'm, I'm, I've been thinking. But anyway, but right now, this is an unpaid podcast. Yes, yes. Um, so a book that I read over the summer is called Daily Rituals, Women at Work Ooh. by Mason Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very beneficial in reading about how other creative women throughout history have made their art. Uh-huh. And what I learned was I should probably have a tumultuous domestic life, <laughs> which I don't. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, no. And, uh, but, but the recurring theme was that you need a space. Okay. Yeah. You need, you need your own space. So that's when I got my studio because, um, I think, uh, it can be especially difficult as a woman or as a uh, parent to exit that domestic space, which takes up room from the creative parts of your brain. And it's hard to tap into that flow state when you're in that yeah. domestic sphere. When you've got to, you know, clean the bathroom sink and go look at the mirror and I really must sweep up that yeah. and I really must and I yeah. really must and I really must. Yeah. Yeah. So getting out of, getting out of your, that, that kind of space, um, was the key in all of these stories of all these different women. Cool. So that was, that was a really good, a good read. One. It's really short snippets about each artist, but, um, very, very inspiring. I'm just going to read because on the front cover here, you've got names like Dorothy Parker, Coco Chanel, Hilary Mantel, Virginia Woolf, Zadie Smith, Charlotte Bronte, Frida Kahlo, Alice Walker, Nina Simone, and Patti Smith. That's, uh, I know all those names. That's, That's a good awesome. lineup. <laughs> oh, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch on the back too, but we're actually running out of time. So I'm not going to go through them. Um, <laughs> good I... book. I'll put a link to it in the, there's no point me waving that Ooh. in front of the camera. There's no camera, right? There's, there's no camera. microphone. It's just voices. We'll put a link in the show notes. And this book, um, it's called Making Comics. It's by Linda Berry. Uh, she is a comic book artist, graphic novelist. Uh, playwright, all-around genius. She's actually a MacArthur Genius okay. grant recipient. Wow. So she's officially a genius. Officially um, a genius. But she is one of my favorite, uh, just like human beings of all time. I got a book signed by her one time at a comics festival and was just sobbing the entire time. I couldn't, I couldn't speak to her. I couldn't explain what, what her work had meant to me. And so I was just crying. <laughs> 
I think she didn't even write my name because I couldn't even get it out. But she's awesome. And We're this, still gonna tag her, and then maybe oh, she'll yeah. listen to the podcast. And she'll be like, she'll, "Oh, that sobbing I girl that at, the, woman. at the Brooklyn Comics Arts Festival. I remember her." <laughs> but I got this book for Christmas. I I I told. Uh, Chris, I was like, this is what I want for Christmas. This is what Santa needs to bring me. So I got this book, and when I opened it, I was just thinking, oh, a new Linda Berry book. I'm so excited. It's actually her syllabus for a course that she taught at University of Wisconsin to PhD and master's students to help, like, de-stress. Wow. Um, And it's these amazing exercises for unleashing your creativity don't worry if you don't like comics or aren't interested in comics. It really, yeah, it it's about storytelling. It's about, um, it's about tapping into creativity. It's about a little bit of drawing, but nothing like super intense. It's such a good book. It's so, I just want to give it to everyone in the whole world. Yeah, because like, cause this actually looks like a, a journal. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Like the title says, making comments, a uh, comment, making comments, <laughs> making comics, right? So when I look at it, I go, oh, this person's going to teach me how to make comments. Comics. God. <laughs> I love it. This book belongs. But then I open it up. It's like, yeah, it's it's somebody's. she's just been uh, doodling. I mean, not doodling. It's all organized and, and it's amazing. But uh, it looks, reads more like a... a a journal, than yeah. a textbook, or a comic, or a graphic novel, or anything—it's awesome. It's just so filled with. That's amazing. Yeah, just look at joy it. and I realize creative you can't energy. Look at it out there. Yeah, but, uh, look we'll it up. Put a link to that. Yeah, look it up. You can get it in if you're listening in Sweden. You can actually get it from Swedish book selling websites. Cool. I, f- I looked in you advance looked. because I didn't want to tell everyone about how great it was, and <laughs> that you can't even get it here, but. Um, World Wide Web, we can get it anywhere these days. Yes, the interwebs will help you out. Do you want to ask awesome. me about what health is? Sure, that's my next question. My is it? My question. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I didn't want to skip ahead, but no, I know no. you have to go soon. We so. do have to go soon. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask you, what does being healthy mean for you? Um, I had a funny answer, but I won't say it. Oh, it come on, you're the dirty. funny, you're allowed to be, this is, we're, we're all humans here, no, right? No, no, no. I'll go, I'll ma- go How with... many bad jokes have I made today? <laughs> come on, give me your funny answer, and then we'll go with the serious one. Um, it, it had to do with pooping. Oh, look, are you kidding <laughs> me? I've got three children, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure everybody who's listening, well, most of the people listening to this podcast have children. Yeah, come on. yeah, poop is good. Pooping <laughs> is really healthy. <laughs> We have problems in my household, so we're working on that. But let's move on. Sorry, that was a little too much information. But um, yeah, and I'm so not editing that out. Oh, jeez. Okay. So for me, the first thing that came to mind was being engaged with all of your senses. Ooh. Yep. And one thing I've been noticing over the past, like I don't know, five years or something, is just how. I feel like everyone's losing touch with their tactile Mm. senses Mm. um, and how important that is. Like just going for a a walk and touching trees Mm. and touching grass and touching, you know, walls or whatever, just like re-engaging your fingertips because we're all on our phones. Mm. And that's like a very boring tactile experience, you know? There's nothing there. Um, I feel like it's a really important sense and we don't want to lose touch with that no so well that's really because i'm a really tactile person i walked <laughs> i've walked around paris with 
Sophie years ago, touching everything. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just have to touch it. <laughs> you need to. You don't want that. Se- you don't want one of your senses to die, you know, yeah. right? Like you want to keep yeah, yeah. keep all of them as active as possible. So to me, that's a super, super important one. But all of them, just keeping them all engaged and and also our eyes, like like I said, if you're interested in visual arts, you have to exercise your eyes, right? Mm. You have to like get them really looking and connecting with your physical body. Oh, interesting. Connecting that looking with your hand and or yeah. So senses to me are super important. Getting in contact with your senses. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then both being loved and loving, I think, are very important for being healthy. It could be pets or family members or whatever it is, but just that connection to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that the the loving feeling um, is just what, you know, it's a very uh, human animal experience that mm-hmm. like when you lose that, I feel like it's, yeah, you mm-hmm. got to have that. Yeah. You got to have that. Yeah. Love something. Love right? something. Hamster, guinea pig, whatever. <laughs> But, um, just love something. Yes. Mm. Lots of sleeping. Sleep is good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and then staying connected to what you love or feeding that inner human dreamer, artist, kid, kid dreamer, Mm. um, in some way. Mm. And I know you, you think there should be some physical exercise on here as well. Probably. But you know, (laughs) always. That is my that is my weakness <laughs> for sure. But I bought running shoes. Yesterday. Yay! Awesome. So I'm going to start running. Nice. And uh, yeah, but those are my those are my health like must haves. And then I aim to add the physical component because again, that's like tapping into that tactile stuff. You don't have to justify your lack of exercise on my podcast. <laughs> You do after we stop recording. Okay. okay. We're recording. You don't have to. Okay. All right. All right. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. I love those things. All those things. Fantastic. So I'm going to say, Lindsay, if people want to get in contact with you, how can they do that? Well, the best way to learn about what I'm doing or be in contact is actually through my Instagram. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll put a link to that. Yeah, we'll put a, a link to that because it's my name, Lindsay Baker, but it has three L's to start it off and three R's at the end of it. So what? it's a little, it's a little confusing. So we'll put a link, we'll there. Just put a link there. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the way to get in touch with me. I'm I'm very, like I said, collaborations mm-hmm. I find very inspiring. So and do you teach art? I do workshops? teach art. Do you do teach, are you doing workshops and things soon? Maybe. Ooh, maybe? that's top secret. Okay. Yeah, but um, but hopefully soon. Watch watch my Instagram feed. I'll definitely post everything there, mm-hmm. um, and I would, I uh, yeah. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. <laughs> Leave it at that. Can't. I don't want to make any promises. I can't keep. But but um, yeah. We'll I'll watch this space. Watch the space. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming in, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank Bye. you. And so a huge thank you to Lindsay Baker for coming on and having an awesome conversation with me on my podcast, The Good To Go Pod. My takeaways from that conversation uh, were actually quite huge. It gave me an opportunity to reframe the way I look at constraints, constraints or, you know, having to put time 
or even financial or, you know, specific uh, needs and wants type constraints on a project, uh, which has actually, like for me, I take that into a whole other area of my life and now I can look at things very differently, which was awesome. Um, one of the other takeaways I got was to be creative for yourself. Uh, and I'm, I'm so inspired by that notion. It sort of helped me look at a few, few things where I feel like I've lost a bit of my own creativity and, and now I can, yeah, go back and, and re revisit those things. Um, uh, you need the space to, to do the, do the creative work, which is, apart from or you know not not entrenched in your daily grind um and you know you know what we all know this we all know we need time and space but we need to make it and it needs to be away from all those things that take your energy on a normal daily basis if you're wanting to be creative and you know I'm recording this little outro two days later and I have just spent an hour sitting down building Lego. Anybody who knows me knows I have a bit of a, you know, Lego is my hobby and I haven't done any for a really long time. And I bought myself a kit the other day and I have a little room in our house where I get to just sort of close the door and, and shut that off from everybody else. And everybody knows when I'm sitting in this room, which is the room I'm sitting in right now, that uh, really I'm not to be, I'm not to be disturbed. And Yes, it's sort of after having this conversation with Lindsay, it was just like, yeah, really, I need to get back to being clear about what I'm doing in this space and that that space is my space that's just for me. So, you know, when you want to tap in with yourself, find somewhere where you can go and just be yourself. The forest, a room, you know, anywhere, really. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. <laughs> and then the, my, I think my last uh, takeaway from that one was that there really is a lot of hard science out there about how, benefic how beneficial it is for you to, to do creative work and to learn new things and to challenge yourself in ways that you've not been challenged before. So if you're feeling a little bit stuck, feeling like you need to do something new, get out there and do something. Um, and you know what? We did an activity this morning with the kids where we sat down. We sat 30 seconds and everybody had to draw, a, you know, a picture of, of a self-portrait in 30 seconds. And it was a bunch of fun and it was inclusive and, you know, it was it was a really good, fun thing to do. It took us 10 minutes of, of just sort of doing things like that and the kids were happy and we were happy and, and it was, uh, yeah, it was a fun thing. So I guess that was another takeaway from from this thing is to include the kids too you know it doesn't have to be all secluded and shut away in a little room you can you can get the whole family involved so guys that was my conversation with Lindsay Baker about things arty um if you have any questions quandaries or queries please don't hesitate to get in contact with me uh send me an email pod at goodtogo.se uh you know share the pod gets people out there, gets gets people hearing it. If you would like to come on and have a conversation with me about whatever it is that you do to help maintain your health in your life, get in contact with me. I'm open for offers. I, I love having these conversations. I'm loving meeting the people. I'm loving being able to ask these questions and finding out how other people are fitting health and happiness and wellness into their lives because, you know, we're all different. 
and we all do it our own different way because at the end of the day, you do you. I'm all about that. And, you know, when we talk about it, we can get ideas and we can bounce ideas off each other and we can all work together to be happier together. So love what you do, guys. Thank you for everything you do. Uh, and, yeah, we'll be back next month with an upper with another episode. Bye for now.